Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. Women's Football Weekly, with Faker Others and leading guests from the world of women's football. Cuts back onto her right foot oh. and finds the net! On TalkSport 2. Hello, hello, welcome to Women's Football Weekly. We know our FA Cup finalists. Chelsea will face Manchester United in the showpiece on May the 14th. Right and Dinks in the cross again to the far post. It's headed in. Who else? Sam Kerr for Chelsea. They've got themselves the breakthrough with a wonderful goal. And the FA Cup holders could well be heading to Wembley yet again. But Mark Skinner wants his players to think about Wednesday, not Wembley really hungry group of players that, that are ambitious and want success so look for me it's about now turning our attention to Arsenal I'm really focused I'm really calm now I'm right back onto to business the Lionesses suffer their first defeat under Serena Wiegmann really nice to have the 31st win I would love that too but sometimes um, you win and sometimes you lose Bring out her inner pep there, Serena. And a blow for Arsenal as Captain Kim Little is ruled out for the season. This is Women's Football Weekly, National Radio's only dedicated women's football show. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others. I'm Mary Earps. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. Happy Monday, you lovely lot. How was your weekend? I hope you enjoyed... Some wonderful FA Cup semi-final action. One person who certainly did is the wonderful Jenna Scalacci, who's with me today, former Tottenham captain. You were at Lee Sports Village for an absolute cracker for talk sport. How was it? Yeah, it was good. It had everything you'd expect from an FA Cup semi-final. I think a lot of people before the match maybe thought it was a given that Manchester United were going to win comfortably, but credit to Brighton it was a it was a great game it was an absolute humdinger in fact two cracking FA Cup semi-finals to take you through both of them were live on the talk sport network this weekend we'll start with the one Jenna was at at Manchester United with their late winner over Brighton taking them to Wembley for the first time here's how it sounded Turlan plays a neat ball out to the left hand side the space for Vietrick Isari to get into Getting into the area, left-hand side, Byers backpedalling, plays it across the face, goal. it's in! Herbs couldn't keep it out, and Brighton take the lead in the FA Cup semi-final. And here is Onabaya, skipping away down the right-hand side, up against Pattinson, drives down the right-hand side of the box, pulls it across the face, goal, and there's the equaliser within a minute of the restart, and it's Leah Golton turning it home. It's picked off by Katie Zellum. Zellum driving through the centre of the field. Looks for Russo inside the area. Russo! 
It just had to be! Toon dispossessed. And now Carter, they're trying to play her in behind. And Millie Turner gets a heavy touch. Carter's in to make it 2-2. She's done it! I mean, that is your, your response you want after conceding. Great mentality from this Brighton team. In the last two minutes of the game, it's played through to Rachel Williams to win it for Manchester United. She's done it! Rachel Williams, the veteran of the WSL, wins the cup tie for Manchester United. I'm going to out Jenna Scalacci right now. She just said, God, I hate hearing myself back. Oh, this is your job now. You're, you've crossed over to the dark side of broadcasting, I'm afraid. And you sound absolutely brilliant. I mean, what a game to to commentate on with Ian Danter. It was a real roller coaster, wasn't it? Did the right team win, in your opinion? Yeah, I felt really sorry for, for Brighton. I think they were so, so close. And the winning goal actually came in a moment where Katie Robinson was down injured and Brighton had the team, and you could see Melissa Phil- uh, the ball. You could see Melissa Phillips on the sideline saying, "Kick the ball out, kick the ball out." They didn't, and it showed their mentality. They went on to win, but they lost possession, and then mm. they were punished. So it's a really fine, small detail that they lost it in. But I think it, during stages of the match in the first half, they looked the better team. Brighton, they played some very good football. They weren't, they didn't, didn't fear Manchester United at all, and they really took the game through. I think they surprised Manchester United, and I think maybe. The fact that Melissa Phillips was coming, it was a bit of an unknown. You weren't sure how you were going to set up. They changed their formation. They had the two up top, which caused problems for Manchester United. Yeah, we'll talk about Melissa Phillips in a second because obviously since our last show, she's been um, been put in charge of Brighton. She only was at Angel City for a lot, two months yeah. after leaving London City Lionesses. But bear in mind that United beat Brighton 4-0 earlier in the last... WSL game before the international break it was such an improved performance how how can she have done that in a week yeah I think she only literally had one full day of training with them but I think you know a, a new manager when they do come in obviously that immediately lifts the squad and the team around you but I think the 4-0 four, four scoreline previously to the international break was a bit harsh on Brighton I think they stayed in the game quite well and conceded two late goals um, t- to make it 4-0 but no they set up really well they frustrated Manchester United out of possession every single one of their players was working their absolute socks off to get the ball back make it hard for Manchester United to break them down and you know obviously took them by surprise got the got the goal uh, the first goal went in at half at half time 1-0 up yeah I mean that goal Mary Epps is not going to want to watch that back is she She's not. And I think Ona Baja would be disappointed as well. She just kept backing off of Sari and allowing her to drive at her. But yeah, I think Mary Epps will want to forget that one. Yeah, but I tell you what, Rachel Williams won't want to forget that winner. The veteran striker, I hate using that phrase, 35 years old. I say I hate using that phrase, I wrote it. 35 <laughs> years old. Um, she's a previous FA Cup winner as well. Yeah, I mean, she's incredible, I think. You know, there was a stage of the match where Brighton started to look tired and then you look at the Manchester United bench and... Williams was was warming up and these are the games that she's been brought to the club to, to be the difference in and she did exactly that again straight off the bench and 1v1 via keeper last minute like that is she's a big time play you know she's done everything she's won the FA Cup that experience and yeah massive 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 moment for her team. So Manchester United, isn't <laughs> in, in terms of a club. Um, but their first FA Cup final uh, for, for the women's team in their history. But uh, let's hear from manager Mark Skinner because he did admit that his side weren't at their best. Yeah, look, it was uh, the good, the bad and the ugly from us today. We were not at our very best. We conceded two goals that we don't usually concede. And Brighton were 
were good. So, you know, all of those mixed together didn't make it as easy as we'd obviously have wanted it to. But this team have shown another moment where they can win when it has to be, the, the result has to matter. And so I'm really proud of them. To, at half time, we had words um, as a collective and, and the players agreed the energy needs to be better. We talk about tactics, we talk about shapes, we talk about formation, we talk about all of this. Actually, when Brighton set up the football for a goal kick and we're walking back in the first half and letting them set up, that's not good enough. When we walk for throw-ins and they get into a deep block, it's not good enough. And so we agreed as a collective and, and, and that's what you see from my team second half. It's interesting. He kind of said uh, Brighton were good with a, a question mark, not quite expecting it, but that's not what Leah Galton uh, felt. Obviously, uh, she scored uh, their first goal and, and basically admitted that they did actually expect such a difficult test against Brighton. Yeah. To be honest, yeah, I feel like obviously they're a good team, they're an organised team and they've got players that can hit you on the break, so I didn't expect anything less. We did make it difficult and it was a bit touch and go, but I had full faith in the team and I knew we were going to make it. I think we just continue with momentum and we keep going forward and I think we just need to look at a few things in training before we go into the Arsenal game, which we will and I'm sure we will, and we'll fix a few things and we'll be good to go. We're going to preview the uh, Arsenal game, which is on Wednesday night later on in the show, Jenna. But this is what's really interesting about this Manchester United side, that they're, they're, they're fallible in some places, but they're very aware of that and they, they seem to learn their lessons quite quickly. Yeah, I think, you know, they're, they're still quite, um, obviously, a new team in this league, given they're now sitting at the top of the, the WSL table. And I think... Mark Skinner a couple of times now has gone in at half time and given his team an absolute rocket and they've come out all guns fl- uh, blazing again and we saw that again straight after half time they come out and scored immediately after the whistle um, but yeah he's, he spoke about the energy levels and the mistakes quite a few times now but I think yeah like you said I think the team's come on so much more than last season they're winning games that they may have drawn they've got a bit of a ruthlessness about them prior to yesterday's match they, they're, not, they're not conceding goals at all at all and they're the best defensive record and scoring record so that is incredible and that's why they're sitting top of the league what I quite like about them is that they have goals across the pitch Mm. and actually there are some teams who are quite reliant on certain players Chelsea with with Sam Kerr for example Manchester City with 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 Bunny Shaw but lots of players chip in with goals for United yeah goals and assists all across that front line and I think you look at the bench and and the subs and I think Garcia started um, at the weekend and was a live wire down that right-hand side up top. And, you know, when you've got players like Garcia and Williams who you can bring on and you know you're going to get goals out of them in the dying moments of matches, I mean, that's the difference in their squad and, and the depth of it this season. And I think that's why they're doing so, so well. And, and that is exactly what Brighton have, have really struggled with, isn't it? And, and Melissa Phillips has come in, as I said, she left London City Lionesses just two months ago, went to Angel City and then turns up at Brighton a week before the, <laughs> the FA Cup semi-final. Short time to make an impact. But what is she going to bring to this Brighton side in a real pivotal point where they're bottom of the WSL? Well, yeah, it's no time for mistakes now. I was saying at the weekend, I can't see how Brighton are sitting bottom of the league if they play the way they played that match. I think if they turn out like that week in, week out now until the end of the season, I can't see them going down with performances like that. I think Melissa Phillips probably didn't have a lot of time to work with her team, but I think she would have learned a lot about her team in that in that match and be really proud of them. And there's a foundation there now to build on. And a lot of that foundation obviously comes from Hope Powell and the work that she's done over the years. And then Amy Merricks with her two interim um, times in charge and actually Amy Merricks has now 
uh, been given the England under 19 job as well so she departs Brighton I think she's been there for about eight years yeah I mean she's been fantastic for the team and and the players I think in this really transitional season season she's been the you know the constant with the team and and keeping them all together and she's done a very good job in difficult circumstances um Obviously, I think Brighton would be really sad to lose her, but she's a, uh, a very, very good English coach. So it's, it's great to see her now stepping into the international team. Yeah, it really is. And, and Brighton, as you say, really um, big few games coming up for them. So gutted for them that they didn't get the opportunity to, to, to go to Wembley for the first time themselves. But, you know, at the same time, Manchester United, what, what an achievement after... I mean, how long have they been um, in formation for? Five years? Yeah, incredible. I think, you know, you... The atmosphere at the Manchester United Lee Village is usually very, very lively, but you could feel the nerves in the ground at one point when Brighton were on top. But yeah, incredible. And I think from where the teams come from to now be in their first cup final, I think it's an incredible journey that they're on. And, you know, that's one tick. And now they've got a massive midweek match coming up and, you know, still fighting for that. Champions League place, but the title as well. Yeah, two big midweek games coming up. Both of those these sides involved in them, and we'll talk about them shortly. Brighton will face Everton, looking to avoid relegation, while Manchester United face Arsenal, fighting for the title and the Champions League. Next, though, we're going to focus on the other FA Cup semi-final as Aston Villa push Chelsea all the way. On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. TalkSport 2's dedicated women's football show... And it was a moment of pure quality. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others on TalkSport 2. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the only show on national radio dedicated to women's football. I'm Faker Others. Former Tottenham captain Jenna Scalacci is alongside me. Right, so after United booked their place at Wembley, it was Chelsea and Aston Villa's turn. That was also live on TalkSport 2. Comes the far post and Chankovic who hits the woodwork. And Aston Villa, a huge let off for them. Mailing drives in a looping cross and it's onto the roof of the net. She mishit it completely, but it very nearly led to a goal. Ali whips in a delivery. Daly's header. It's wide from six yards. What a big chance that was for Aston Villa. Brighton dinks in the cross again to the far post. It's headed in. Who else? Sam Kerr for Chelsea. They've got themselves the breakthrough with a wonderful goal and the FA Cup holders could well be heading to Wembley yet again. Cleared away, Mailing shoots, hits the post and Aston Villa denied by the woodwork and maybe, maybe it's just not going to be their day. Oh, it wasn't their day either. Um, these two had also played each other in the WSL before the international break, and Chelsea had won that 3-0. But this was a very different affair at the Bescott Stadium. Villa arguably the better side, but Sam Kerr did what Sam Kerr does and broke Villa hearts, giving Chelsea the opportunity to defend their title for a third year in a row. We'll talk Chelsea in a second, but let's hear from uh, Carla Ward, Aston Villa manager, who spoke to Talk Sports' Joe Shannon about the discipline Appointment. Heartbroken is probably the word because I thought my players gave absolutely everything today. They were outstanding, they really were. So, um, yeah, it's a disappointing one. But look, credit Chelsea, they're a world-class side and, and they'll go on and, um, you know, compete for that now. And, yeah, we've just been beaten today by a, a moment of magic from the best player in the world. So we're disappointed, for sure. Are the players feeling just as deflated, I imagine? 
Yeah, of course, but um, they're going to be because they've, they, they feel like they've done it enough. They've done everything they possibly could. But um, sadly, you know, we haven't been able to put the ball in the back of the net. And, and at the other end, it's just, like I said, a moment of magic from the best player in the world. Could you have been more clinical or, or does it sometimes come down to luck? The one that hits the post could so easily have gone in. Yeah, of course. And it is that because we give everything today. The only thing that was missing, the only thing across the course of 90 minutes was was um, the elusive goal because for 90 minutes I thought we were the better team. They were absolutely fantastic, Jenna, weren't they? But not meant to be. And Chelsea do what they what they do best. And as they, as Carla Ward said, they've got a world class striker in Sam Kerr. But how impressed were you um, with with Villa's performance? Yeah, it was a much improved performance prior to the 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 match against them before the international break. I thought they were unlucky. I think they had chances themselves. Uh, just weren't clinical enough and then you've got a player like Sam Kerr and that's what she does for fun isn't it she's there when her team need her in a big moment and she's had to put in a lot of a big effort for her team this season I think you know the injuries around her her teammates no Kirby no harder she's had to put a lot of legwork in and she does it time and time again she's just a world-class player and you know she's there again when when her team need her the most and another assist from Guru Wrighton Oh my god, she's been <laughs> she's been my play, my Chelsea player of the season. Yeah, actually, yeah. I know Sam Kerr gets all the headlines, but actually, bearing in mind all of the um, injuries that they've they've got and the, the the trouble that they've had, Guru Wrighton for me has carried this this Chelsea team throughout a, a, a rocky season for them. Yeah, she's really blossomed, I think, and you know, taken on a, a lot of responsibility there and often goes under the radar. But I think she's now being spoken about and getting the pull that she deserves, you know, week in, week out, she's assisting, scoring. And I think her and Sam Kerr have a really good connection up top now. And like you say, they're, they're struggling with injuries at the minute, but they do have those quality players who step up time and time again and just get the job done. Let's hear from the headline maker, shall we? We don't hear from Sam Kerr very often. She doesn't <laughs> like doing media, um, but her goal was the difference. And she spoke to Joe Shannon about the incredible achievement of reaching yet another FA Cup final. Never get used to making a final. It's always an amazing feeling, but um, yeah, it feels great. I think um, we fought hard for that win today and took everyone. So coming back from the international break, playing them back to back, it wasn't wasn't easy, but we got it over the line. Yeah, Villa have shown, haven't they, what a good side they are in the league this season. And it was kind of a game where you, you had to dig in and grind it out in the end. Yeah, you do kind of in these FA Cup games. It's always a different performance to the league. So, I mean, they've showed this year that they've got amazing results against top teams. So we knew it wasn't going to be easy. Um, but we've got a great team and everyone put in a performance today. And I think we deserve the win in the end. Was it a strange game from your perspective? Because you didn't actually have that many chances at goal. But when the, the important one came, you, you, you headed it in. Yeah, I think so. I think I kind of knew it was going to be that game. And then the second half... Um, yeah, I just knew that I needed one moment and the moment came and I actually got two moments, but I stuffed up one and scored the other. So it was nice. How exciting is it to be at Chelsea at the moment? Because, of course, you're always challenging for trophies, but when you've got the possibility of a treble on the horizon, how exciting is it at the moment? Yeah, it's really exciting. I think every year this is what we strive for, but, um, you know, this year we're kind of right in there, thick of things. And like I said, every every game feels like a final or a semi-final this, week, this year. So it's been an amazing time to be at Chelsea, but um, there's a lot more work to do. There is a lot more work to do, but the treble is still on. But look, we're going to preview their Champions League match against Barcelona at the weekend. But they're, they're low on personnel at the moment. They are, and... You know, they're, they're big players that they're missing, but they've got the depth and a big, big squad. And 
you know, at the beginning of the season, if you're going to compete in all these, you know, domestically, Champions League, Cups, they need to use every single player in that squad and have to be ready and available to step up and, and, and fight for their team. And, you know, you see yesterday, Ericsson and Mielda, two centre-backs, and Mielda's not had many minutes at all coming back from the injury, but these are like experienced professional players, international players, and you can step in and the, the levels of their team just don't go down. And I think that's going to be vital in this business end of the season now that hopefully, I think over the next coming weeks, they might get some of those injuries back from the key players. But yeah, they do have the quality and I think that's still the difference between them and the, the rest of the teams in the top four. Yeah, Millie Bright's a big one, isn't mm. she? And uh, Emma, Emma Hayes has spoken a, a lot about her, but she certainly said after the match um, that making cup finals never gets boring. I wouldn't be, you know, the, 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 I'll be a long time in retirement. So while I'm doing it, I'm going to enjoy as much as I can the opportunities that are afforded. So, but the team will stay motivated. I think I said to them at the end, thank you and well done. Thank you for keep delivering on all fronts and well done because it was a tricky, ugly cup tie. They had to really show that resilience and character that we've seen from them so many times. Yeah, we've got it. You know, we've lost two centre-backs this week in training and... You know, Marin, Mielder and Magda Eriksson, the captain, I thought they they didn't put a foot wrong the whole game. Villa have had a great season in the league, haven't they? And they pushed you. It shows again, doesn't it? You know, another team that's getting better and better. Yeah, we expected that, you know, especially when we were going 1-0 up. They threw a lot at us. I thought we tired. I thought we sat deep in the end, but... We, knew how, we know how to hang on, and I thought we did that really well. What about the goal? It was a lovely cross from Guru, wasn't it? And Sam didn't have many chances, but she took that one. No, perfectly weighted. I think she had an easier chance the last minute of the game, but it was quality execution from two players who play really well together. Does it always feel special to make a Wembley final, regardless of how many you've, you've had before? Yeah, no, it's amazing. It's um, something everybody looks forward to, and I'll never, ever get bored of going to do something I always dreamed about. Absolutely, and she doesn't. She she absolutely loves it. Stepping out onto that Wembley pitch, you just expect to see Emma Hayes coming <laughs> out, don't you, for, for, for a final. And it's going to be a cracking final as well between these two sides. They're fighting each other for, for the league and they're fighting each other uh, now for the FA Cup as well. Yeah, and I think it's nice for the neutral to see a, a different team in the final now in Manchester United. It's obviously their, their first uh, final at, at Wembley. So it's nice. it shows you how strong the league is getting season after season that you know you're getting different teams in the semi-finals now you can't predict it like you could years ago and that's credit to the league and the clubs and and the investment obviously but yeah it's going to be a great day yeah it's going to be a great season next season as well because I think Aston Villa are going to be knocking on on that door for sure which is going to be very exciting Uh, Chelsea in Champions League action this weekend their semi-final first leg against Barcelona is live on TalkSport 2 on Saturday and we'll be previewing that next this is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2 Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Women's Football Weekly. That is absolute top quality on TalkSport 2. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football with me, Faker Rothers, and former Tottenham captain, Jenna Scalacci. Don't forget, if you do miss any of our shows or you want to listen again, our podcast is available on the TalkSport app, so just go ahead and download it today. Right, we'll preview the Champions League semi-final first leg shortly, but first, round up the action from the Championship and below. Bristol City, just one win away from a return to the WSL. There are two games left to play after a 5-0 victory at Sunderland. Second place London City Lionesses were narrowly beaten 1-0 by Southampton which leaves Bristol with a six point lead at the top of the table. Birmingham moved a point behind the Lionesses with a game in hand after a 4-2 win at Crystal Palace. Elsewhere relegated Coventry United were beaten 4-0 by Sheffield United. Lewis beat Blackburn by a goal to nil and Charlton were 2-0 winners over Durham and they stay fourth. Uh, right in the SWPL Rangers women's coach Craig McPherson has been banned for six games by the Scottish FA after headbutting Celtic manager Fran Alonso after their one-all draw last month. He has apologised and said he'd accept the punishment in full, saying he'd severely let himself, the team and the club down. That's just not something we expect in women's football, is it, Jenna? No, it's quite shocking and I think, you know, he's he's apologised and he's going to have to take the, the punishment now. But yeah, of course, it's not, not, we don't want to see anything like that in the women's game at all and rightly he's apologised and hopefully we never see it again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, congratulations to Stourbridge who won the National League Division 1 Midlands after a 2-0 win over Northampton Town. That's back-to-back promotions for them now and a place in the third tier for the first time in their history. Big congratulations to you. Uh, listen, I'm not, I'm not a fan particularly of focusing on attendances all the time but at the same time the numbers watching matches lower down the pyramid really has to be mentioned at the moment because it highlights the growth of women's football and shows exactly what can be done with some really decent marketing. I know it's easier with the budget that these kind of Premier League and, and Championship clubs in particular have and the fact that they can use main stadia means that they can have more, more, more people there as well and I don't want it to detract from the clubs that are doing amazingly on a shoestring budget but some of these numbers are quite incredible. 24,000 
watching Division One North title chasers Newcastle United and their 6-1 demolition of Bradford. That's a really um, tight battle at the top of that of that league as well with Durham Sesteria. Uh, 7.5 thousand were at Carrow Road to watch Norwich beat Ashford Town 5-3. That's in Division One South East. Two goals and assist for Alice Parker who had a storming game. And then a record attendance for Bournemouth as well. 3,000 watching their goalless draw against Maidenhead United at the Vitality Stadium. Uh, how good and how important is it, Jenna, to, to keep growing the game further down the pyramid? Oh, it's huge. And I think, you know, we're seeing it off the back of the Euros um, success in the summer. I think the the attendances, it was all about getting that momentum and getting those fans and that engagement into your local clubs, WSL, them attendance and keeping them up. But we're seeing it, like you say, lower down the pyramid and, and it's excellent. And it just shows that appetite is there. And if it's marketed properly, which a number of them clubs are doing, you know, it's on people's doorsteps and they want to get behind the team and the interest is there. And, and it's just growing week in, week out. And I think the more success we have at the top level, then I think it is starting to filter down now. Yeah, it really is. It's um, it, it's quite impressive to to watch actually. And a lot of these uh, teams, as I say, the leagues are just crazy tight at the moment as well. You look, excuse me, I'm about to cough. You keep talking. Have a, have a look here <laughs> at my leagues, and you can read them out while I have a choke in the corner. I've just lost the page. <coughs> oh, that's helpful. Live radio, amazing. Let me find it back. I've, I've, it's I've scrolled choked, down. I've choked and I've survived just about. Uh, so yeah. The Northern Premier, uh, for example, Nottingham Forest, Burnley and Wolves all battling it out. Forest on 51 points, Burnley on 49 and Wolves on 48 with Burnley and Wolves with two games in hand. You're going to have to do it again because I am going to choke again. There you go. <laughs> Southern Premier, Oxford United, 48 points. Watford, 47. Ipswich Town, 47. So that one's tight as well. And then Division 1 North, Durham, 53. And Newcastle United, 47. A bit more, Durham a bit more comfortable there. And then finally, Division 1 South East. Hashtag United have 43. AFC Wimbledon on 42. And Division 1 South West... Exeter City are on 55 and Cardiff City are on 46. I'm alive, barely. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dearie me. The one part of the show where we don't have loads of audio that I can just choke in private without the rest of you having to hear that. I'm so sorry. You did brilliantly. (laughs) Thanks. I think there is a job reading out the classifieds. I'll speak to Adrian Durham and over on TalkSport on Saturday at 5.15, we're going to be hearing Jenna Scalacci reading out the scores for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 so close. It's so important as well for these clubs trying to move up the pyramid as well. But, um, you know, keep all your stories coming in. I love seeing on Twitter how everybody's getting on and the amount of people going to watch games. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, right, two WSL games midweek for us to preview. Uh, I mentioned earlier on Brighton were in action. Uh, they got two games in hand on their relegation rivals and they face... Everton on Wednesday night. How do you see this one going? Oh, it's a huge, huge match, isn't it? I think the performance of the weekend for Brighton, I think they have so many positives to take into that match against Everton. And I think they'll be looking at this game as it has to be a a must win. They've got to start picking up points and they need to do it quickly. So I think it's going to be huge. And 
I think they'll go in full of confidence. I think if they play like they did at the weekend against Manchester United, I think they could cause an upset against Everton. Yeah, absolutely. And, and oh God, it's so tight down the bottom. I don't really know how it's going to going to play out because, you know, if you asked me a few weeks ago, I'd have said Brighton's form mm. will have seen them relegated for, for sure the way that they're going. But those two games in hand are crucial. This is one of them. And now they have Melissa Phillips in charge. Yeah, and like I say, I think they'll take so much from that performance at the weekend. I think it will hurt. I think we saw a team there that were playing for once without the pressure because it was a cup game. You know, the pressure was on Manchester United. And they rose to that and they seemed to grow throughout the match. I think Melissa Phillips obviously has been in England with London City, was doing a fantastic job before she left there. But sometimes I think having a new manager on, on the sideline just injects that new bit of energy and they definitely need that in the closing stages of this uh, season. Yeah, they really do. Nine points they're on, 15 played. Leicester City on 10 points, having played 17. Reading having played 17 on 11 points. Tottenham also having played 17 on 12 points. They, you would think other four teams going for the relegation yeah. battle and, and Jenna's just crossed her fingers as, a, as, <laughs> as, a, as an employee at Tottenham and a Tottenham fan. Yeah, I mean, it's tight. It gives me anxiety looking at that table at the minute. It's any, anyone, like anyone could beat anyone in there. They've all got to play each other. Just some huge, huge matches coming up. It's so excited for the neutral, like at the top and the bottom of the table. You don't, you don't know which way it's going to go, but yeah, some huge moments and a lot of pressure on those teams at the bottom. Yeah, two big games coming up for Arsenal this week as well. Before their Champions League quarterfinal first leg against Wolfsburg, they're going to be travelling to Manchester United with both teams fighting for the title and to finish in the Champions League places. But the Gunners are going to be without their captain and midfield maestro, Kim Little, who's been ruled out for the rest of the season with a hamstring injury she picked up in the the Champions League quarterfinal second leg against Bayern Munich at the Emirates. How big a blow is that for Jonas Eidevel? Oh, it's massive, especially now they're coming into the business end of the season, already struggling with injuries there. And Kim Little's such a massive, massive play for that team. You know, your captain, just a, just a, an, just one of the best players that we've got in the WSL and just been unfortunate with injuries this season. I think it's a massive game, for obviously, for both teams. I think Manchester United. I think going into the FA Cup game, they were maybe hoping that they might be able to, you know, get that get it done early on and, and make some changes and rest some players ahead of Wednesday's match, but they didn't get the luxury of doing that. You know, Brighton, it was a tough game for them. I wonder whether they might be a bit leggy going into it, whereas Arsenal have had have had that extra extra week's break. Yeah, that's going to be fascinating, isn't it? Because it, it feels as if the reverse fixture um, where United came from behind to beat Arsenal 3-2... Was that kind of defining moment where you thought, oh, United mean business this season and they're, they're tapping on the door? Yeah, that was a big result for them, I think, especially because at the Emirates, wasn't it? They come from behind. It's one of the... I don't think they've ever done that before against a top top team. So, yeah, that's massive for them, just mentally, to know that they can beat them. So they'll be tapping into that, looking back at that game, no doubt, and and looking to produce much of the same, I guess. And the issue that Jonas Seidabal has is that he needs to concentrate on that game in order to secure, you know, yeah. not not just looking at pushing for the title, which they thought they were maybe out of a few weeks ago, but, you know, it's still possible, but certainly to secure a Champions League place um, yeah. next season. But then they've got this Champions League huge first leg against two-time Champions League winners Wolfsburg on on Sunday. What what have you made of of Wolfsburg in in this year's competition? They beat PSG in the in the quarterfinal, but you know could Arsenal beat them? I think I definitely think they can. I think obviously they're 
it's a blow to lose Kim Little ahead of you know what's a massive, massively important week for Arsenal. But I think I've I've watched quite a lot of Wolfsburg's games, and I've I found in in the Bundesliga there's not that much. There is competition, obviously, with Bayern Munich, but if you look at the WSL and week in week out, the top teams are getting top level competition. You know they're getting tested week in week out. Whereas I think in the Bundesliga you don't necessarily get that competition week in week mm. out. So I think that may play into to Arsenal's hands a bit. That's going to be fascinating. Um, obviously, they get the home leg. The, the second leg at home, which yeah. could be really, really vital. But what's Jonas Seidevel going to be saying to his players? This, it feels like this is ma- this week is make yeah. or break for their season. Yeah, I think they'll look at Wednesday first. I think if you ask any footballer manager, you've, you've got to focus on the next game, the next game. There's no point looking too far ahead. You've got to, you know, win on Wednesday. They've, they've got to win everything, you know. And like you say, they need those points to... to to compete in the Champions League and then once they get there then they can concentrate on the Sunday because you don't know what's going to happen on this when on Wednesday night at mm. all you know in terms of players fitness injuries so it's, it's, I think it's just important you focus on the next game that you can't look too far ahead especially at times like these the old cliche of take it game by game, game. By game. absolutely <laughs> well Chelsea have uh, Barcelona in the Champions League semi-final first uh, first leg at Kings Meadow that's on Saturday we've got live commentary for you on TalkSport 2 at 12.30 we've got live commentary by the way of the second leg of Arsenal's game at, at home but how do you see this one going bearing in mind what happened in the 2021 Champions League final between these two Chelsea 4-0 uh, um, on the end of a 4-0 defeat to Barcelona. Yeah, I mean, that was some performance from Barcelona then, wasn't it? But I think ch- this Chelsea team's come a long way. I think they've strengthened massively and obviously they've got the depth now to go competing on every stage. I think it's going to be a, a very tight match. I think, I don't think it will be straightforward for Chelsea. I think obviously they're up against a very, very good Barcelona team. But for me, I think this year it just feels like Chelsea might might edge it. I've got to, I'm, I'm putting my... Putting my money down. I think Chelsea are going to come through it. I don't think it's going to be pretty. I think it's going to be really tight, but I think Chelsea just have enough. But you know what? It's not necessarily been pretty for them all season, but they've always managed to find, you know, bar a couple of games, they've always managed to find a way. Mm. And when you have a manager in Emma Hayes who's got that steely determination of, I want this one, come on, I want this one. And her management skills and the players that she's got at her disposal, it feels as if they're a little bit backs against the wall with the injuries that they've got at the moment. I wouldn't be surprised if they came out of something. Yeah, I think... Like you say, this is the one that Emma Hayes hasn't got her hands on, and I think. Well, she technically did with Arsenal, but oh, assistant yes. manager yeah. for the Akers <laughs> back then—the only time um, a, uh, a an English side has won the Champions yeah. League w- w- was Arsenal. But, with, but this is her Chelsea. Yeah, team. she wants. This is the the big one. This yeah. is the one she wants, and I think they have the talent. They've got quality players. I think the defeat, the four 0 defeat prior to, to this, I think would have hurt them immensely, especially the manner that they, they lost that match so early on. And it's probably one of the biggest learning curves that they would have. And I, I think you look at the manner that they got through beat Leon, like, you know, that, that you'd write them off, but they turned it around again and, and they'd done enough 
And now they've got Barcelona and I, and I can see them doing exactly that again. Yeah, well, you can listen to it live on Talk Sport 2. Commentary kicks off at 12.30. Chelsea against Barcelona. You're listening to the women's two Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2. I'm Faker Rothers. Jennifer Galacci is with me. Coming up, we're going to round up the international break and assess the Lionesses first defeat under Serena Wiegmann. On DAB+, online, via the Talk Sport app and on your smart speaker. Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2. It's a wonder goal! The home for women's football. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football with me, Faker Others, and former Tottenham captain, Jenna Scalacci. We are available on podcast as well. Don't forget, plenty of places you can go and download us, but first head to the Talk Sport app to find us. You can obviously subscribe elsewhere as well. Now then, it feels like an age ago, the international break. We've had so much football uh, since, but we need to go through what happened particularly with the Lionesses because da, 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 <laughs> first loss under Serena Wiegmann. She'd gone 30 games unbeaten since taking over and first defeat came at the hands of Australia at the G-Tech Community Stadium, home of Brentford. England nil, Australia two. Who else but Sam Kerr spoiling the party with a goal and an assist. But perhaps, Jenna, the wake-up call that England needed going into the World Cup. Yeah, I think you you much prefer this defeat to come here in a friendly rather than at the World Cup. And like you say, there's lots of learning to take from it. I think... I don't think they look like the lionesses that we've been so used to, to to watching. And I think obviously this is a time for Serena to try out different players, probably the last camp really before she decides her team. So it's it's not the end of the world. And like, like I just said, I think you'd rather it happen now and then you go away and work on it before the World Cup rather than it happening in a knockout game at the World Cup. It, it did highlight some defensive errors um, mm. and some defensive weaknesses I would say that the Lionesses have particularly without Millie yeah. Bright there um, and, it, and it very much felt as if the back line was just not comfortable and some uncharacteristic mistakes from Leo Williamson Yeah I mean you talk about Millie Bright I think she's so used she's such a used to having her in the team and I think she's gone a bit under the radar like she's so consistent for England and Chelsea you take her out she's she's the player that can solve problems on the pitch you know she sometimes when you're under pressure you just need to clear the ball or get that diagonal pass or have someone that can carry the ball and Millie Bright is that player for England and I think yeah they have suffered without her um hopefully I, I don't think she's due back anytime soon but hopefully she will be back in time for the World Cup but like you say I think it gives players other players an opportunity to step up and I think Millie Bright would be safe if she's fit there. I think she's massive for that England team. She's definitely safe. Yeah. Alex Greenwood would normally be partnering her. She'd mm-hmm. picked up a concussion in the finalissima against against uh, Brazil, which means Esme Morgan got the nod. Now, I was quite surprised not to see Lotta Vuben-Moy starting yeah. alongside Leah, bearing in mind that they play together for yeah. club week in, week out. But she went for, for Esme, and I'm not entirely sure she passed the test. No, I think maybe she's gone for Esme to, to have a look at her. I think she's seen... Wuben Moy play. She knows what she's about. Obviously at Arsenal, the pairings there, Leah Williamson and 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 Wuben Moy. So maybe it was a chance for Esme Morgan. And she did struggle up against a, a strong front line there. But she's a young player, and that's what these friendlies are about. It's about you know Serena having a look at different players and giving them an opportunity before you know the business 
business starts in the summer. Mm, the finalissima at Wembley was was a real spectacle. Another trophy. It's so weird, isn't it? You know, well, one day they're winning a trophy and celebrating, and the next day they're they're, they're commiserating yeah. over over a result. I tell you what, we'll do first and foremost though before we talk about the the finalissima. We'll hear from Serena Wiegmann, um because she she spoke after the, the defeat and the end of her um, unbeaten run as manager and admitted that there'd been some warning signs from previous opponents, but said she's still not concerned. Yeah, I'm not worried. Um, I don't worry uh, very quickly. Uh, I think um, now, for you know, we, we we know we have to be at our top level, and um, that's when we go into the World Cup too. So. Um, every game we get some warnings. Against Brazil we got some warnings and, and, and then at the end we win the finalissima. The same with, um, I think, Czech. We, we, we tied, we, we, we had to create a little more too. So then we get warnings too. So we know we, where we want to go to and what we have to do. And this is a mo- moment. I don't think we're losing momentum. I think it's building. It's 100 days to go and, and everyone's really excited to go to Australia. And this is just a very big learning moment for us that we... We need to get to our high, a higher level to to win these games. She is so chill that she she didn't really seem that bothered. It's a friendly ultimately, mm. and unbeaten runs mean nothing. Mm. Um, but actually, I think it's probably a good thing in terms of expectation levels. But the dangerous thing for me is that potentially England could meet Australia in the last 16 of the World Cup because Australia are in the same group as Canada. So they're likely to get either Canada or Australia, you would think, if that's the one too, which is tricky. Yeah, I think you'd, you'd want to try and avoid Australia, especially on their their home turf with that with the crowd behind them and got some really talented players. We're lucky enough we get to see a lot of the Australians playing in our WSL league, but I think... I think it's a blessing it's happened now. I think it even just brings the players down a bit bit down to earth. I feel like they've been on just cloud nine since the since the success in the summer. And maybe it just, you know, brings them down. They can reassess. They'll go back and analyse it. And, I, and you could tell in the the interviews after the match that it did hurt. Yes, it was an unbeaten run, but it still hurts. They, you know, they want to be their best every time and they were disappointed with their own standards. So I think it's just a wake-up call and... And it's come at a good time. Well, let's hear from some of those players because I spoke to both Rachel Daly and to Alessia Russo. All credit to Australia. They're a fantastic t- uh, side. Um, they played brilliantly tonight. They had two good chances and finished them off. Um, you know, we, we've got to be more ruthless. We've got to be both ends, both sides of the ball. Um, but, you know, again, if for us, it's a learning. Um, I'm sure we'll break it down into a million pieces and, 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 you know, develop from that. And, you know, like I said, it's a learning and, you know, it's going to come at some point. That sounds like a strange thing to say after a defeat, but it, a defeat before the World Cup is probably a good time to have a defeat because there are starker lessons to learn, maybe. Yeah, you never want to lose. But like I said, we've had a great run, uh, 30 games unbeaten until tonight, which, you know, is is unbelievable. Um, like I said, it's better to happen now than it is in the World Cup. Um, and it's something, again, we, we need to work on, um, learn from and not dwell on. Yeah, and Alessia Russo didn't want to dwell on it either or blame the wet weather for the defeat. Yeah, obviously the conditions aren't ideal. The pitch was slick, slick, but that's football and that's England. It rains all the time, so we we can't blame the conditions because they had the same conditions as us. So I think, yeah, it's something to take into account, but it's not what what lost us the game tonight. Are there any concerns, though, bearing in mind you could potentially face Australia in the last 16? No, no concerns. Um, I think... Yeah, like I said before, these are lessons that we want to learn going into the World Cup. And um, yeah, I mean, we'll be ready to face anyone come July. So I think, um, yeah, all, all I can say is lessons learned and, and we'll build on it. 
So in terms of lessons learned, Jenna, just quickly, who's done enough to make the plane? What are the biggest areas of concern? I think, obviously, that defensive area that we've, you know, they looked a bit vulnerable. But I think Greenwood back in the team, Millie Bright back in the team, and that shores up already. Um, I'm, I'm thinking that that midfield area... Mm. Oh, that's what I was worried about. Yeah, mm. I just feel it feels a little bit light. Um, so I think Nobs is still, you know, vying for a place in there, doing so, so well at Aston Villa. I think she deserves a look in the, there in the midfield area. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's big months coming up for, for a, a couple of them Lionesses. But I think Serena Vigman will know the core, core group of her, her squad that she's taking to Australia. Yeah, now. I think so. And, and we pretty much saw them starting but both games. And we haven't really had a chance to properly talk about the finalissima, which ended on penalties, which was very exciting. <laughs> and whenever do you get to practice penalties ahead of a World Cup in a friendly? I mean, that is pretty impressive, uh, isn't it? And of course, Chloe Kelly scoring the winning penalty was just all the love <laughs> for that. She loves a big Wembley moment, doesn't she? Uh, Jenna, it's been a pleasure as always. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I shall see you soon and I shall hear you reading out the classified results on TalkSport <laughs> on Saturday at 5.15. Uh, thank you to Jenna Scalacci, Ian Dan, to Joe Shannon, producer Will, and of course all of you as ever for listening. Don't forget, if you do miss any of the show live, you can download the Women's Football Weekly podcast via the TalkSport app or listen back throughout the week. Britain feels broken, but how do we fix it? Westminster just doesn't seem to have the answers, but we have found some people who do. Join me, journalist Becca Hudson. And me, the former MP Ed Vasey, for How I'd Fix. From the price of a pint to the housing crisis, this is the show where we take an alternative look at the problems plaguing the nation. And hear practical solutions from those in the know. Catch new episodes of How I'd Fix wherever you get your podcasts. Rebuilding Britain starts here.